I will never forget the new year when I woke up and my bank account was overdrawn. As a slightly superstitious person, that experience really filled me with dread about the financial year I was about to have. Fortunately, I was already in the midst of a long-term debt repayment plan and had learned a ridiculous number of financial lessons along the way. In this episode, I'm going to talk about setting financial goals in 2021, no matter where you are financially right now. I will touch on two topics related to financial goals, specifically paying off debt and earning more. This is a short episode, so listen on. I'm also excited to announce that I'm publishing my first personal finance book sometime this year, The Name, Not a Financial Unicorn. Make sure to stay in the loop and get my favorite financial tips and tricks. Tips and tricks. That always sounds weird when I say it. (laughs) You can sign up using the form in the show notes. To get to the show notes, go to michelleismoneyhungry.com backslash personal financial goals. lessons that I've learned about money, in particular in the U.S., is that you're always planning for disaster. You're always planning for disaster, or maybe it's better to say that you're always planning for financial uncertainty, whether it is a job loss, overdrafts, an injury, or Oh, hey, a pandemic for those of us who believe believe it's real. A significant part of personal finance is preparing for the unknown. Within that uncertainty is one truism. Your situation can change, but there's so many things that you have to factor in. Mindset, support and community, consistency, especially consistently working towards your goals, luck, access to financial allies, and the ability to earn more. But I'm going to let you in on something that may surprise you. I actually wholly understand why so many people quit working towards their financial goals. And after paying off $60,000 plus in unsecured debt, I I understand why people just shrug their shoulders and just say, fuck it. (laughs) Like, I'm over this. Also, I'm not going to judge you if that's your choice. Instead, I'm going to encourage you to regroup, re-energize, and start again over and over again until eventually, hopefully, you'll build on those small successes and create momentum. But it takes a lot to do that. And so I I wanted to talk about some things that I notice aren't discussed often in personal finance content. And it kind of bugs me because I've been in this space for a while And I still don't see people bringing this up in the way that I am. Now, I want to talk about debt complexity. This is a topic that, again, I don't hear people talking about often enough. They might allude to it occasionally, but unless you've had the experience of it, I don't think you really consider how it affects your ability to meet your financial goals. Basically, the more complicated your debt situation is, the more difficult it will be to hit your other financial goals because it takes energy to manage a complicated debt situation. I bring this up because there are so many freaking stories about extreme debt repayment, and then you spend some time kind of digging through the numbers and you're like, well, wait, you only had one student loan and one car loan and you work in tech. 
Like how hard would it be to take care of two things? Or maybe you hear about someone who's like, yeah, you know, I I paid off like $57,000 in one year. And you're like, well, what were your debts? And you're like, well, I had two credit cards and a small car loan and a small student loan. That's different than having multiple student loans, credit cards in arrears, payday loans, debt collectors calling you. Do you see where I'm going with this? Taxes, car loans, you have your kids. Like there is something to be said about debt complexity and there are not enough conversations about it and it drives me crazy. Basically, I bring this up because my debt was so complicated that I noticed, especially as I got, as my situation got cleaner and cleaner, where I was just dealing with very few people, how much easier it was for me to focus on other things like income growth and savings and all that kind of stuff. And so I bring this up, this idea of debt complexity, because I think that there are a lot of people out there who are dealing with the same thing and they don't have a language for it. So I want to share three tips to manage this issue. First is focus on simplifying your debts. I don't say this um, in a blase kind of way. I just say this, that as you're working towards paying off whatever debt that you may have, really focus on how can I make this as simple as possible? So again, in the example above, I was like, you know, if you have credit cards and car loan and all these different things, Look at how you can make your situation as simple as possible, as quickly as you can. It could be just the the act of getting everything caught up and then accelerating paying off certain things so that you can snowball the rest. Like it just depends on what your personal situation is. But no matter what, you have to make it simple because it takes brain energy to deal with debtors, uh, with, with your creditors, excuse me. Find more cash. Basically, you can't outfrugal your debt. You just can't. You must find more cash. And then finally, use the system that you can commit to. I really get tired of people being like, well, this is the right system. No, just because it's the right system for you does not mean that the system was right for me. I actually used a very flexible way of paying off my debt. It just kind of depended on what was going on at the time. Sometimes I was snowflaking. Sometimes I snowballed. Sometimes I used the quote unquote gazelle intensity that some gurus talk about. Sometimes I just was energetically, this is a bad, this feels badly for me. I have to get this out of my life. That worked for me. For other people, it may be that snowflaking is the only process that works for them, or the snowball process is the only process that works for them, or the energetic process where you, you, you know, connect with the energy of the bill and you're like, energetically, this sucks. This is what I focus on. Maybe that is it. But You have to figure out whatever it is that is going to make you continue and focus on it over and over again, and it being your debt repayment process. If paying off debt is your financial goal for 2021, congratulations. I wanted to give some additional pieces of advice. (laughs) Tier your goals. Have one that is the absolute must-reach goal, then a mid-range goal, and then a stretch. When setting these goals, this, the lowest one should really feel a little like a stretch, so you have to push for it, but that you can achieve it. Revisit and reevaluate your goals. This could be weekly, monthly, or quarterly. Ideally, it's a mix of all three. Be kind to yourself. There's no point in using language such as, I wish I had. It's too late. You didn't. So let it go. 
Or if you say, I feel so stupid, you're not stupid. Either you didn't know what you didn't know, or you had some crap habits or, or you didn't have access or you didn't have the money. Who knows? It doesn't matter. At this point, it's irrelevant. I feel like it's very dangerous to look back and kind of self-flagellate and and beat yourself up about what you did and didn't do. That is a waste of your energy. It's a waste of your time. You can look back to kind of see where you made mistakes, but you look back lovingly. Like, wow, those, those were the mistakes that I made. I have made so many mistakes, but I don't look back and, and beat myself up about it. I'm just like, that's wow. Like I feel really proud of where I'm at now. So that's just something to think about. Find tools that actually work for you. To this day, I cannot use YNAB. You need a budget. Like that whole software, I don't understand it. It's it like it's just it's just not a tool I get. But here's the thing. Not every tool is for everyone. I actually brought up YNAB in a financial independence retire early group filled with women. And I was like, you know, I really, I'm going to admit this. I completely don't understand how to use this app. I don't understand how to do zero based budgets. Like none of this makes sense to me. And it was so funny because everyone was so helpful and all their help just made my brain want to explode. And it further solidified the fact that not every tool is for everyone. And there were other people who responded on that thread who were like, look, we don't understand how to use that either. And so it made me feel good because I was like, this is not the right tool for me, which means I have to find tools that are more intuitive and easier for me to use so that I will stick with them. So that is also a piece of advice I would say is find a tool that works for you. And then finally, and this one is kind of hard, but this one is, this is just honest. Be careful of who you share your goals with. Um, Even some of the people who love you might disappoint you with their feedback, et cetera, about your personal ambitions. And um, that is why actually all of these financial groups online are so important and communities that you can join and meetup groups and things like that. Those communities are, are important because they are in alignment with where your brain is at. Not everyone is who's in your life, right? Kind of similarly to not everyone in your life that, that you're related to believes what you believe or philosophically in alignment with you. And their, their ideas about what you, you should and should not do could negatively affect your, your success. So be very careful about who you share your goals with. I want to segue this into something different, which is making more. I am drive. It's like, if there's one thing that drives me crazy is we don't actually talk enough about making more in the personal finance space. Now, what I've noticed is people talk about how they make more, but they don't really talk about how you should make more and how that will make a difference in your life. And I'm going to share one of the really interesting experiences that I, I'm surprisingly having right now, but I'm blessed to be having because I've worked really hard to get there. But basically, it's really fascinating to see how my income grows as my debt goes away. Now, remember that debt complexity I brought up? That complexity really took away my ability to focus on income growth. Basically, I had to manage so many things to manage debt because it takes energy to manage debt that it took away the energy to grow income, especially because my debt was complicated. That's just not the case anymore. The less complicated your finances, the easier it is to focus on growing your income. However, there are a few things that you need to be aware of. You have to have financial allies. Those people who will be transparent about their earnings, how they negotiated, what they um, did to research to prove their case, 
how they change jobs to earn more, that kind of thing. Individuals basically who will open financial doors to you that you didn't realize were closed to you. You need to, again, set tiered earnings goals. As you, as you reach each goal, kind of assess what got you there and then decide if you would like to work towards your next goal. Once you hit the goal, then what? And one thing that I did, I forgot to bring up kind of as I talk about this is you actually have to keep track of things. Like you have to measure what you're doing. So uh, in my old job, one of my colleagues talked about what isn't measured doesn't grow. Like basically the idea that if you're not taking time to look back at um, earnings or whatever it is, um, it's difficult to figure out the growth um, over time. And so basically you need to take, you need to look at data so that you know what you're doing. Assess how you're making money right now. Is it possible to make more money with the job that you're working now? Do you have additional time? Is there a way to make more money within the current job that you have? Really think about what you can do to easily grow your income. This is the focus, easily. And then also ask yourself, how would your family life affect your ability to earn more? How can you make more money in less time? This is actually something I've, I reflect on often, especially especially as an entrepreneur. By the way, I will be recording an, a separate episode for entrepreneurs on these financial goals and setting financial goals for your business. But when I was still side hustling, my favorite side hustle was a brand ambassador gig. It paid really well and we would be paid for the entire shift regardless of when we completed our work. So we were always really motivated to just hustle and kill it. And um, the favor it's my favorite side hustle to this day. The best people, I'm still friends with them. They're wonderful people and we had a great time. And so that was the other thing. Do you enjoy what you're doing? And so it could literally be a side hustle. So this is before the Rona, <laughs> but I was a brand ambassador. And one of the things that I did was we would work events and I loved it because I could attend events for free. We would get food, drinks, all that kind of stuff. And we had to pass out a product. And then once the product was passed out, we could just hang out and go home or or go home. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful time. And with that side hustle, we even were able to go to the mountains for overnight trips. So the company would pay for us to go to the mountains to hand out a product to attend certain really cool events. And now actually in thinking about this, I am so glad that I used to do that job because what do I get to do now? Nothing because nothing's happening. <laughs> but anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But what I loved about it was say, for example, it was a six hour shift. Maybe we would finish in three and I would get paid for six hours. So my point is, what can you do to maximize your earnings in the amount of time that you have? And this can happen online, this can happen in your job, this can happen as a side gig, but you just have to really think about that because we have only so much time. Remember, there are a number of ways to make money. I'm going to kind of read through a list just to consider. Um, this is a super short list, but here are some suggestions. Sell stuff that you don't need on Etsy, Facebook Marketplace, Macari, like all these other ways to sell online. And that's kind of cool because if you live in a regular sized American home with a whole bunch of crap in it, you've got a whole bunch of stuff that you can sell. And so that's something to think about. Evaluate your job and the earnings potential. Can you work overtime, pick up hours at another division? In fact, 
When I used to work at Starbucks back in the day, Starbucks has how many locations? And so I was able to work at different locations throughout the city. That is different with COVID. So don't, don't like respond on my, my uh, show notes about, well, in COVID, I know about COVID because I have a lot of friends who work in the coffee industry. My point is COVID won't last forever, hopefully, maybe in America, but anyway, we won't go there. My, my point is really strategize about, hey, what are the other opportunities within the job that I currently have? You could write eBooks, run errands for someone who's unable to do it, such as a concierge service, basically. So there's a lot of elderly folks who need help and they um, have kids who are worried about them and their kids are like, we live in a different state. What can we do to make sure that our parents are okay? And how can you do this for us in a way that's safe for our, our relatives? So an example of this would be, say, for example, you're your parents are fairly healthy and whatever, but they're nervous about going out and about. You um, pick up their medicines and, you know, whatever it is that they need. And then may, you deliver it to their house. You do not have any kind of contact with them because you don't want to, you know, risk risk their health. And then um, you speak with them, spend time with them, socially distant. There you go. Like that could be a really cool concierge service. I don't know. Like think outside the box. Parents, they, they need this kind of stuff. So maybe there's a parent out there who's like, I've got four kids and I am really, I'm really tired. <laughs> All my mom friends are really tired. They're, they are like, I, I'm very, I have so much compassion and empathy for them right now. I, I mean, spouses listening to the show, if you've got a mom out there that you know, uh, or spouses listening to the show, um, if you have a primary caregiver, like you need to be, you need to spoil them because they're really tired. This has been a really hard year for them, uh, or last year has been going into this year. So just side note. So is there something, a service that you, you could create that could alleviate, alleviate some of that stress, create content, um, we're in a digital world in many respects of our lives. So can you ghostwrite content, freelance writing, copywriting, editing? And when you're creating that content, think about um, like work the numbers. So I belong to a closed Facebook group with high earning freelancers. I was very blessed to be a part of that group this year. This is a new thing. And one of the really interesting uh, things that we did in the group was they did a survey. And in that survey, um, they shared what they were making, how many posts and things like that, that they were doing. And um, it was really interesting getting insight into their business um, where the average word per minute or uh, the average that they were getting paid was like 40, 40 cents uh, per word. They were working on about on average, five to 10 posts a week. I think the average post was about $350 to $500, excuse me, um, even though there were outliers. So you would be surprised, like people were hustling to make some really good money. But when you see the back of the business is a little different than what you would expect. Be aware of that. Really work your numbers. Virtual assistant work. 
Virtual assistant work, like how many people need help right now? In fact, my friend Kayla Sloan runs a business called 10K VA, where she helps virtual assistants start and launch their businesses. It's a, an incredible service. But what she also does is she makes sure that those students in her course have access to clients. So her clients, she has a client database. So you may be a person who's like, huh, I'm up for becoming a virtual assistant, but I have no idea how to set up all the things on the back end, check out 10K VA. It's a really good resource. I don't shout out many resources anymore um, unless I really love them. And this is one of them. Social media assistant. Social media is really key to a lot of people's businesses, especially if they're really well thought out businesses, but it's really time consuming if you don't know how to do it well, or you don't love it, whatever. If you're great at social media and you're like, Hey, I could do your Pinterest and which isn't social media. <laughs> but um, if you could do Twitter and Instagram and all the things, that might be something that you could help people with. Website reviews. People need their websites reviewed to make sure that links aren't broken, that stuff makes sense, that information's uh, communicated. So right now I actually have a couple of things I have to add to my website. I haven't completed adding the content, but if someone were to review my website right now, if they're good at it, they would see the two problem areas because it's pretty obvious if you go through the links. And so I would, you know, that's something that people pay for. Customer service. Now, this is an interesting one because Rahm Emanuel got eviscerated <laughs> for a comment that he made, partly because it's Rahm Emanuel, he's kind of a jerk. But anyway, um, he made a comment about how people should learn coding. And I actually, the comment made sense to me, but context is everything. So what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of the customer service that's being done requires basic coding skills. How do I know this? Because I have been on more calls this year needing help for customer service and they were coding related questions. So an example of this would be my internet. I feel like there, yeah, there was something with my internet that happened and we had to like back and forth in the chat, try to troubleshoot the problem. And I know because I've been on the internet for so long uh, with my own projects, I knew that a lot of what this person was helping me with was coding related, just like stuff that is basic to them because they've been trained by the, the company on that skill. But was a little beyond me because I don't work for the company. So that coding language was, like I said, it was beyond me. I don't work for them. So you may want to check out Google actually has a certificate program and it's pretty affordable. The Google certification to be a Google certified educator, check that out. And I think it's like 50 bucks or so. It's some really affordable thing. Anyway, they're cloud certifications. So there are ways for you to get certified in these online languages that aren't expensive, aren't cost pro prohibitive, and will help you earn more money along the way. Some final thoughts. Oh, actually. <laughs> and then finally, food related services. Bake pastries, donuts, unique to you or to other people, sweets, gluten-free, 
paleo, whatever unique to you item that tastes good and deliver it. Do pop-ups. Like there's so many things that you can do. I actually follow a um, woman on Twitter who's an amazing cook. Like her Twitter feed is food porn, the kitchenista. So many people were asking her about her recipes. She created a cookbook. It's not a perfect looking cookbook, but you know what? That cookbook gets people perfect looking food. Okay. So my point is it doesn't have to be complicated to make extra money. Again, I sell my course, make money with eBooks. Ebooks are a great way to make money passively, even though you do have to actively market your content. So again, some final thoughts. I've often said in passing that personal finance is personal. Please don't judge your financial journey by someone else's. I'm not here to judge what you do. I am not paying your bills, okay? I am not raising your kids. I'm not paying your mortgage. I'm not paying for your lights. And quite frankly, neither are other people out there in the ether, right? Of course, I have opinions about what you do. All of us do. We all have opinions. But I've often said that, as I said earlier in the show, I get why people quit their financial journeys. It's really hard. It's hard to do what we're doing. And I'm not going to judge you if you do. It's so hard. It's so damn hard to work towards a reality that is outside of most social norms. Even the government wants to encourage our consumption. Look at what they did. They didn't even, they don't want to encourage us to survive. They want us to, they want to encourage us to consume. Think about that. Um, I I don't want to digress. (laughs) Um, The idea of paying off debt, sacrifice, and staying focused on long-term financial goals can be really exhausting. The idea of earning more actually can be really triggering for other people because then you're wanting to earn more might make them push back at you because they might have internal feelings about why they don't earn more, even though it's nothing to do with you wanting to do more is nothing to do with them right? You might trigger people. And I hate that I use that word trigger, but you might get feedback that will surprise you. And so when people tell me that they backslid on their financial goals or they just quit, I I get it. I totally get it. And for those of you who say the following, well, if I could do it, they can too. These people don't have willpower. Why don't you follow Dave Ramsey? Here's my response to that. You don't know what people are dealing with. And that's a little self-righteous, don't you think? There are other financial stressors, their family obligations, if they have support. Basically, you don't know. Lift people up versus being self-righteous. So anyway, I wish you luck with your future financial plans for 2021. Let me know what you're thinking about doing. I am so excited to support you on your goals. Don't forget to sign up to be on the list for Not a Financial Unicorn. I don't know when the book is coming out. It's coming out sometime in 2021. but stay in the loop. So anyway, I hope you're having a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day in Denver. So I'm going to actually edit this show outside on a patio at my favorite coffee shop. Have a great day. Be well.